Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. In the latest episode in our Birmingham Economic Review mini-series, we're discussing transport, connectivity and environmental sustainability, and how Birmingham is connecting communities with opportunities. I'm Dan Harrison, Press and PR Manager at the Chamber. I'm Emily Stubbs, Policy Advisor at the Chamber. I'm Professor John Bryson, Professor of Enterprise and Economic Geography in the Department of Strategy and International Business at the University of Birmingham. And I'm Mark Jones, I'm the leader of Arup in the Midlands. Big welcome to to Mark and John for for joining us on this latest podcast in our mini-series regarding the Birmingham Economic Review 2019. Now, the the topic today is how Birmingham is connecting communities with opportunities, but we're going to start first of all with Emily just giving us an introduction and an overview of the 2019 Birmingham Economic Review. Sure. So the Birmingham Economic Review 2019 is written by the University of Birmingham City Region Economic Development Institute in partnership with the Chamber and combines economic analysis with world-class academic expertise and practical insights from local business leaders. It will provide a comprehensive insight into the city's economy and the backdrop this offers to those doing business in a changing world. The review will support business decision-making regarding investment and opportunities in the city region with chapters such as, of course, connecting communities with opportunities um, and creating a workforce fit for tomorrow. Great. Now, connecting communities with opportunities, of course. We're we're talking about transport, connectivity, um, the environment and and sustainability. Um, So I'm going to start with with Mark, because Arup work in over 33 countries on planning, designing, uh, and engineering built environments across the, the globe. So, I mean, in your opinion, how does, does Birmingham compare with, with other cities internationally? Well, it compares very favourably. Uh, and as a business, the, the city is attractive to us for a number of reasons. First of all, it's got clear direction. The city region knows uh, what it wants to grow. It's got alignment between the private and the public sector. And whether it's the chamber, the growth company, all of the regional universities, the local authorities and many of the UK's best um, uh, private sector companies are headquartered here. So having that clear direction is, is, is really important. I think secondly, I would say, is just the ease of doing business. Uh, you know, as an international city, I've found all sorts of people here um, and organisations who are proud of living here, they're proud of working here, they aspire for better futures, um, and that future needs to be completely inclusive. And, and if we grow the economy, that growth is a force for good to help others um, that we want to support. I think the third thing just to say is it's well-connected. It is a well-connected city, um, both nationally and internationally, and that's a, that's an imperative. Um, I think finally, we just want, as a company, to be able to attract the best talent. Uh, and this city region draws on um, some of the best universities, some of the best colleges. Um, this month, we welcomed 50 new graduates and apprentices into Arup. And that's just a fantastic outcome for, for all of the sort of available talent in the region. Great stuff, and uh, there's, there is a lot of development going on. The skyline of Birmingham is, is is changing rapidly. I mean, I think every 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 week when you you drive into the the city at the, at the start of the week, there's there's something new popping up, or there's maybe a, a road layout that's that's changed to make way for a an exciting new new development. So, what what um, what development projects are we are we currently excited about in the city? Well, Birmingham is going through a remarkable process of transformation and transition. So you are right, we have more cranes than Birmingham has had for an awful long time. And what's perhaps 
thing different about the current wave of developments is the number of high-rise apartment blocks the city is getting. So we're going to see a very different, more 24-hour, seven-days-a-week city with a whole series of new apartment blocks coming up, coming up along Broad Street and elsewhere. We then have a... You know, we have still shortages of grade A office spaces. So we've got par- the Paradise Circle offices coming coming online. We have the um, the office uh, Three Snow Hill finally after ten or fifteen years of development and stopping coming online. But I think uh, more grade A offices to attract and retain businesses as they're growing within the city. But I think what we're seeing is some some interesting refurbishments the, the the i suppose my primary disappointment because i think we should have disappointments about the city is methodist central hall because it looked after a long long time something was going to happen with a significant building on corporation street um, it was acquired uh, planning permission was granted and then the developer stalled with a financial issue so it'd be nice to have a solution to the methodist central hall funding issue for that that refurbishment because it's, it's one of the most important late 19th century buildings in the city that's been baked vacant for far too long yeah I mean if I could just add I mean it would be very hard to do justice on a short podcast as to uh, everything that's exciting but um, you know we're sitting here in the University of Birmingham and we've been lucky enough to work in Birmingham for 50 years and one of the first projects that brought up to Birmingham was the chemistry building in the 60s and I'm delighted just to watch how you know the Edgebaston campus has had a fabulous kind of leadership and investment over, over, over that time um, we're also excited to see the combination of Paradise. You know, Paradise is, we're just about to see this year, PricewaterhouseCoopers will be, to be, will be taking occupancy of, of that building. That's taken 10 years for Argent mm. to bring forward. And our relationship with Argent goes back to the early days of Brindley Place. And it's great to see both the kind of ambition of the city, the ambition of Argent, the ambition of Hermes, the funders, bring some of that um, uh, reality to, 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 to bear. And each time something else comes forward, it's slightly more innovative than, than, than the next place. And of course, it's not just about the accumulation of buildings, it's about a sense of place. So we're really excited to see those kind of sense of place right around the city centre. And um, it's really exciting to see Southside come forward. So delighted that Land Lease are in the middle of their partnership with City Council, but also Gucci Estates and, and Oval Estates are all playing their part into pulling some of the exciting development away from from the the, the kind of city centre to completely envelop the creatives. And that's going to become quite an interesting destination um, for the future. I think just finally to say the Knowledge Court of the coming together of BCU, of Aston, of Innovation Birmingham, David Hardman Innovation Birmingham set quite an interesting leadership challenge to create another quite interesting cluster for the city. So I think all of that combined makes it really exciting for those that live and work in the city. We've just given a great overview there of the, of the city landscape and indeed the, the kind of different identities that are popping up in, in different parts of the city. You mentioned Brindley Place, you mentioned uh, the kind of Digbeth area too that have really got their, developed their, their own identities. And of course, it, it, it's it's great having uh, the, these these developments, but you've got to be able to, to get around the place. So what, what role will, will transport infrastructure um, developments that are underway in Birmingham playing connecting its communities with these opportunities um, that perhaps they they wouldn't have otherwise have done I suppose what one should say initially is that uh, the combined authority and the city has been perhaps far too long focused on high speed too and what we need to do is is to think that high speed two might one day reach some reach Birmingham sometime this century perhaps but we need to focus both on the 
micro movements within the cities this is the the quality of the streetscapes the quality of, of the environment as you walk and cycle through the city as you walk and cycle along the footpaths of the canals uh, all of that becomes really important especially as the city acquires a lot more apartment living style approaches right within the central part, part of the city the other thing we need need to do is is focus on the 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 railway system the, the local railway system so uh, i spend uh, uh, two hours a day on our local railway system uh, up to December of last year, it was sort of a, a reasonably uh, endurable um, uh, experience. Now it's pretty awful. In fact, it's completely and absolutely dreadful, um, given alterations in the timing and sequencing of the carriages. So what we need to do is, is solve some of the things that are quite simple to solve with rolling stocks and with timing and with the ways in which the, the local train network is utilising its, its stopping systems at partic- particular junctions and, and partic- partic- particular stations. Uh, but I think it's it's unacceptable to have a sort of Tokyo or, ja- or Japanese experience in Birmingham in terms of uh, individuals herded together onto over, over-packed and, and crowded, crowded trains. There are investment opportunities. So University of Birmingham, uh, we, are the, we are the only university on the planet with our own train station, which I've always seen as a a slight anomaly, something one should be proud about. But the problem with the university station, with Queen Elizabeth Hospital and the growth of the university, is that it's now significantly um, working to overcapacity. So the plans for the replacement of the railway station, station, its extension, and um, the removal of some of the, the buildings from Birmingham's only Roman fort, I always find it quite quite astonishing that in the 19th century, the only Roman fort we have, first thing we did was put a canal through it. Second thing we did, we put a railway um, uh, through it. And then in the 1970s, we put the University of Birmingham station to one side of it. Um, so we can't remove the canal and the railway, but we can sort of clear the Roman fort site with the new railway that's coming in that will both facilitate patients and staff going to the hospital and students and staff coming to the, to the, to the university. But the city council and the combined authority needs, as always, to develop a more integrated approach to infrastructure development and flows of people and goods across the city. Yeah, I, I very much concur with that, uh, John. And, and uh, you know, I think it's a it's a fact that the world's best regeneration is what I would call transport-led. The best cities um, that really work have got the transport futures designed in, and then the real estate investment follows. Um, and as John has said, we're on a bit of a journey, you know, uh, the Transport for West Midlands, the Combined Authority and, and the wider strategic direction set by Midlands Connect is all part of making sure that strategic direction um, fits. The, the kind of mode change that John uh, describes, I think, is quite interesting for our region. So we're starting to see modal, more modal shift onto, onto rail. That creates the capacity challenges, as John has said. But I think what we also is we take on a lot of new people. And, and our new graduates and apprentices talk about access to rather than ownership of transport. So, you know, forms of different forms of, of personal transport, whether it's cycling, whether it's um, other forms of scooter, you know, we'll, we'll get around the city in a different way, I think, in, in the future. And I think the final thing I would just say about communities is whatever we do, it must be inclusive. You know, the UK has a real social mobility challenge. We work with the Social Mobility Foundation, as I'm sure John and others do. And, and whatever we do must bring transport to the home of those those that most need it. And often people in society are disenfranchised because transport doesn't let get let them get to college or get them to go to university or get them to work. So I think really what's 
very important in community building is making sure that transport is, is truly inclusive. And I think the region gets it. The inclusive growth strategy set by the region is clear, and, and I think many see that as being very, very much part of part of the future of, of the regeneration. So what's interesting about the city is that we've got pockets where there are significant skill shortages and yeah. employers cannot recruit, and we've got other parts of the regions where there are significant uh, problems with unemployment, and the difficulty is linking those who are unemployed with those uh, potential work sure. employment opportunities, yeah. and that's an infrastructure issue. And it's more of an infrastructure issue if we're dealing with work that is in any way has a an odd rhythm to it. So shift work, mm-hmm. gig economy style style work, which public transport doesn't help you with. If you've got to get to work, you know, at midnight for for a, a, a night shift, where's your bus? Where's your train? You, you've got a you've got a major problem. Comes back to what you were saying earlier, really about. Uh, Kind of trying to become more of a twenty four seven city, but we're we're kind of not quite uh, not quite there, not not quite the city that never sleeps yet, are we? So, <laughs> um, and Birmingham City Council has uh, an ambition for the city to be to be carbon neutral by twenty thirty. Um, how will this change the way that the the city is is planned and developed, and what will the city of the future look like? Right, we have a, a major problem, major challenge, huge challenge. Um, at the moment, um, the British government has been distracted by a really minor issue, beginning with the word B, uh, when really the the major issue is climate change and climate change adaptation. Because if you get that wrong, there is no long-term solution. If you get Brexit wrong, there is a short-term, long-term solution. Climate change, yeah, there, there is no, there's no fix. So what the city needs to do is first think about the way in which it's developing its city in a radically different way. So you could argue all the developments that are going on at the moment are designed for the Birmingham as it was rather than Birmingham as it should be. So Birmingham as, as it should be needs to be designed and developed, minimise um, unnecessary movement of people, minimise unnecessary movement of goods. Uh, it means there'll be, f- there'll be much less dependence on traditional forms of of motor transport, including public transport, transport because there's going to be a lot more close local living, lots more walking, lots, lots more, lots more, more cycling. The notion of owning a car will become very much a 20th century or 19th, late 19th century phenomenon because you're going to access um, vehicles that will provide you with transportation services, but you don't necessarily need to own them because why do you do you do you, do you need to own own such things? Um, But the communications, the infrastructure, the transport is only one part of it. The other thing that if we want a carbon neutral city, uh, we've got a major infrastructure challenge within our offices, houses and warehouses and shops, which is how do we convert heating systems and cooling systems to systems that are carbon neutral. So if you have a standard gas boiler, condensing gas boiler boiler in your in your home by 2030, that sh- shouldn't be there. That should be something else. So where is the technological innovation where, which we're all leaping upon, which means we alter the ways in which we're heating our homes so we become less carbon inefficient? That's not yet happening. So where's the government debate on that? Where's the private sector solutions on that? Any such alteration uh, to home heating systems, office heating systems, involves hundreds and thousands, if not millions of hours of, of work time. So where's the, the staffing and skills and the technical engineers who are available to put those investments and developments within in our city? So if we think of 2030, uh, think of the, the most 
the largest challenge human civilization ever had. And you've got to double that, you've got to triple it, you've got to probably multiply it by a factor of 10. You probably haven't got there with how complex it's going to be to reduce and become anywhere near a net carbon neutral city. So we've begun, but we're on the sort of the, the first sentence of the first page of what's going to be a, you know, a thousand page book. So the time we get to the last page, we might be slightly more carbon neutral. Huge hugely ambitious challenging thing we need to do it if we get it wrong um, our children our children's children their children's children are going to suffer yeah i, I agree with with with, with all that john i mean I, I think it's you know climate change and adaptation for climate effects is key but i think we have to move from words to action a lot of talk and and we as leaders, as, as professionals, need to turn that talk into action. I'm personally pleased that the Birmingham City Council has um, has declared its carbon neutral ambition, so the, the kind of policy that will come forward. But we all need to know how that's going to work out. So I'm in the process of moving the Arab office back into Birmingham City, and we've declared a low carbon office expectation. I expect my office to be carbon neutral when we're here in 2023. So it needs a combination of carrot and stick. It needs organisations that are motivated by their own people to say, come on, we should be carbon neutral. It needs a bit of policy from, from local authorities to say, this is what will go forward. Um, my, my view of 2030 is that the city has to be livable. It has to be walkable. It has to be a city that allows its citizens to sustain their home life and their work life in a resilient way for all the, the ways that, that John's just described. And the decisions we make now are pretty are critical because the ramifications of the choices we make are for the generation that are going to be working in the city in, in 10 or 15 years' time. What I can share with you is we're already starting to think about new ways of working. So I'm not expecting presenteeism from our colleagues in Birmingham City Centre in the future. So I think we'll see changes in the way that people are working um, I, th- I think we'll see changes in the way that people come from and go to work. Um, I think we'll see ways in which the built environment will adapt itself. It'll adapt itself to the environment. Uh, and John's right about infrastructure. We've got to find a better way of making sure that we lock in the carbon neutral investment with infrastructure, with its road, rail, energy. So here, for example, we've got the Energy Research Accelerator. That's part of the kind of regional universities coming through and thinking about how to innovate. Um, We've also got the Energy Systems Catapult in Birmingham. They're another organisation that's hopefully going to help us um, to innovate. So I think in the region, we've got quite a rich mix of interested people, quite passionate about doing something that's correct for the future. But as John rightfully says, use technology in smarter ways to help um, sustain some of that change. Thank you for listening to the Chamber Podcast. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Spotify, Audio Boom or the latest news section of www.greaterbirminghamchambers.com.